A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I am, am, I am, I am having a existential crisis. <gasps> Why? Because, you know me, I'm a man of fine tastes and high cultures. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon to walk in on me enjoying some wine while watching new wave French cinema from the 1960s. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's the only way I've ever really seen you. That's, my, that's every lunch break I've ever had, isn't yes. it, at work? Mm-hmm. Um, well, not being in the office, not having to be so pretentious around people to impress them all the time. I think I've found my base level. And it's married at first sight astray. <laughs> it's my it's my shame. It's my private shame. Did did you like the UK one? I very much enjoy the UK one. Um, but for you know, we've got a big swathed under listenership as well as a, a very big American viewership. The married at first sight concept is done horribly in your countries. It's done in the same way as every other reality show you you sort of adopt from the European countries, usually from Denmark, funny enough, those, this sort of this production line engine of TV reality formats, the Scandinavian countries, as well as kind of, you know, pretty noirish thrillers. Mm. And you, you just hypercut it and you put in all these things. The English version is quite beautiful and nice and it really, really wants people to have a go at it. And it's only like two couples or four couples a series. It really, really explores what it takes to be together. But Did you um, like it? I, I did. I, I thought the UK one was actually quite nice. But I, yeah. like you, I, I struggle to watch American particularly american versions of reality tv shows like i love ramsey's kitchen nightmares not the biggest fan of gordon ramsey but i love ramsey's kitchen nightmares the u.s one although i will watch it it's (laughs) so like 
it's so over the top it's hilariously silly and they they just have a style and i was thinking about this because i'm I'm binge watching master chef at the moment old series of master chef because they're all on netflix at the moment it's great we just finished watching the 2016 series amazing stuff just like the 2017 series loving it so far about six episodes into it and just loving it loving it i'm watching the 2017 series of married at first sight australia <laughs> so we're actually we, we've synced up in in year because 2020 sucks yes it, it really does but like the u.s version of master chef is just like coming up on tonight's show blah, 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 blah. the uk one is just like oh is she gonna be able to cook those potatoes in time <laughs> yeah that's it's kind of similar to married at first sight where in the uk is oh um you know it's a bit awkward isn't it when you suddenly start something got slightly different routines about when to go to bed and in the america version is like the same tiny interaction played over again and again and again with big dramatic music and a cliffhanger going into an ad break with a lot of like then cuts to like talking head pieces where it's like i cannot believe she said that which is recorded days later um yeah anyway, so we will get into the main show because we've got okay. some clips and stuff to play in the outro um but we've got to talk about a big night of welcome returns here's the raw review first return we'll talk about is Bianca Belair's, as it actually seems to have supplanted the plans for another return, which was the Riot Squad reunion. Ah, okay. So do you want to tell me uh, a little bit more about uh, that then? Is there something about I my don't... theory? No, no, I'm yeah. just that like, it's been quite clear on TV for the last several weeks mm-hmm. that the Iconics are feuding with Ruby Riot. And yes. Ruby Riot has had these occasional backstage passes with Liv Morgan where they're like, hey, maybe we should get that seminal potential Hall of Fame worthy faction back together. <laughs> the yeah. Riot Squad. Let's uh-huh. celebrate with the sources. And... It just hasn't happened. And Liv Morgan was apparently meant to be in, in a tag team against the Iconics last week. But those plans had to be scuppered when Morgan wasn't available. Uh, mm-hmm. That was that was a reported thing. The original plan was to have Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan team up against the Iconics. Instead, they just had Ruby Riot also be squashed by Billy Kay after the Peyton Royce squash the previous week. So, you know... We, we don't want to assume anything. There's there's the reports of an outbreak, but for whatever reason, Morgan isn't around. And th- why would you do a Bianca Belair return here if the plan was to have Morgan and Riot? Okay, right. I'm I'm with you now. So for a second, then, because you said like you know a Riot Squad reunion, for some reason, I I thought you meant that we were going to be getting sarah logan come back and i was like oh this is obviously some big bit of news that i'm not aware of i'm quite surprised about this considering that she's pregnant but i now see what you mean you're just talking about ruby right and live more yes. because i mean that was my notes for the match i've got them you know quite <clears> short <throat> build to the bianca bear hot tag bianca belair hot tag she's the kod for the win so much for live morgan exactly and so much for the riot squad uh this little mini not push, I would say, but a storyline, something for them to do. That, that's that been one of the positives, I think, of the Pritchard era, uh, because it's going better than I think we expected. I'm just going to drop McMahon's name. 
on 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 Raw at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's not get into SmackDown. Oh jeez. Um, but the yeah, I think that at least Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan and the Iconics, four people who were really lost in the shuffle over the last six months, had something to work and build towards. But it seems like not only are you missing Charlotte and Becky Lynch, the two top stars in all of WWE, uh, WWE's women's division. I mean, just look at that wider picture there. No Roman, no Charlotte, no Becky. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's crazy. Uh, the lack of star have, power. If they didn't have Orson either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would It would really be lacking in pre-established star power. And you'll be stuck trying to build up a lot of stars without an audience live there. But the... You're missing those two for separate reasons. And then there was the outbreak at the Performance Center a couple of weeks ago, and that seems to have rendered a lot of other people out of action. We don't know who those are, but there were people who were involved in storylines up until a point, and now they've disappeared. So I think WWE like, ah, bollocks. We need more people to fill these gaps Oh, yeah, we called up Bianca Belair like a couple of months ago and never gave her anything to do. So this match was totally about getting Belair over and reintroducing her. Yeah, it it just felt so weird because you're right, because like the whole purpose of this story was to bring back Liv Morgan. And, you know, they were talking about Liv Morgan during the match, saying, you know, she's at home. She's trying to find herself. She doesn't really know who she is because I don't think WWE know who she is. And it just felt so weird that Bianca Belair came back for, for this storyline and then just won. Like, so Ruby's story with the Iconics is now over. Like, she doesn't need to have Liv Morgan come back. I was then fully expecting for Belair to turn heel on her. Yeah, I mean, maybe that would have been more effective, actually. I think Belair works better as a heel, her character. Um, yeah. she, she's got quite a naturally obnoxious way of carrying herself. Uh, so yeah, that would have been better. But yeah, I think that the headline here is Bel Air's back, and and a welcome return as well. Like I I, I put this up on Twitter. Like this was a night of two very very welcome <laughs> returns. These are two names that when I've been doing the Friday the Friday magazine show when we when we've been doing this raw review, a lot of people say where the hell is Bianca Belair? Where the hell is Shayna Baszler? We haven't seen Baszler since Money in the Bank. We haven't seen Bel Air for even longer. She came up, did some skits with the Street Profits, and then disappeared. And you can talk about main event all you are, all we want, but like that's not real. Like that's not a, <laughs> that's not a real thing. That's um, not a real thing outside of coronavirus time. Exactly. So it it was a very very welcome return to have Bianca Belair. Like my notes is like in all caps, like F and L Bianca Belair's back. This is wonderful. Very weird to be putting her in this little feud, but hey, I'm just glad that she's back on TV. And the same thing happened in the, the following segment we got with Truth and Akira Tozawa. A very weird spot to bring Shayna Baszler back into, but I didn't really care because I was just so happy to see Baszler back and she cut this wicked promo. Yeah, I I, I don't mind it either. It was a comedy segment initially where our truth was going to challenge Akira Tozawa. There were some ninjas out there. Really, it was just a way to get some bodies in the ring because Shayna Baszler comes down, interrupts, and... Beats that chokes out all, th- all three ninjas and Akira Tozawa and our truth skulkily back away, which which really did put over Baszler, I thought. And then Baszler like stared down the camera and said that it's 
What did I'm she tired, say? I'm, I'm tired of being. <laughs> I, I, I've been patient, but now I'm done. Uh, the, the 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 kind of like crux of this was that this women's division is going to get uh, hit with a hard dose of reality, and I am that reality. So that was a pretty cool line, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, what? Okay. Here's a question for you. What happened to the big ninja? Um, the, what happened to the swamp monster, Luke? What happened to the alligator? Oh, in yeah, the trash or the, compactor or the octopus, whatever it was. Mm. Uh, many questions can be asked. I don't really care for the answers, though, when it comes to this storyline. Uh, but the, the the important thing is, Basler is back. Bel Air is back. Those are two. Like we were saying last week, how excellent the women's division has become in WWE. How how it's. I said this in my review earlier, like this feels like truer quality, really, because I'm not even noticing, oh, the women are main eventing Raw. Oh, the women are main eventing the pay-per-view. It's like, no, they're just presented on merit and they're being booked with the same chances and opportunities. And they have the best storyline and hottest feud right now that has the best potential to create the best matches with Banks and Asuka. I, I definitely believe that. I love the Randy Orton stuff, but I don't think Orton Big Show is going to be a good match. No, uh, and that's happening next Monday as well, where we found out on this show. And But I agree with you. One of the things that we've always said about WWE is that they are at their best when their backs are against the wall. When they are in a corner with no way out, with the exception of Hell in a Cell, they will always be like, oh, okay, brilliant. Now I know what we need to do and we can turn this around. And I think that's why they found themselves in. Their backs are against the wall here because they've lost their three biggest stars that they've built this entire division around in ronda becky and charlotte ronda's been gone for over a year now becky's now out because she's pregnant charlotte flares out and she's you know was saying on twitter that she doesn't know when she's going to be back either mm. because she's got to go and get surgery very important surgery that she's been putting off for some time as well so this is very very important surgery for her to get so we don't really know so that means now we've got six months at the very least i reckon where before charlotte flair comes back you know, where we don't even know when Ronda's coming back and Becky won't be back until SummerSlam next year, possibly at the earliest. So we've got six months to a year where we're like, well, okay, now let's look at all of the toys that have got pushed to the side because we got the new Buzz Lightyear. It's like, but, but now Buzz is gone. So we got to turn back to all of these other toys and be like, right. Cr-, and, then, and you look at those toys and be like, Bloody hell, these are brilliant toys. We've got some mm. wicked toys. Asker, Bailey, Banks, Kyrie Sane. That's Fort, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair. I was looking at the, the women's division they've got sort of like overall. Get into NXT, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart. It's just name after name after name where you're like, this is, now is the time to really, really like flesh out this division. Because when Charlotte Flair does come back, it's she's going to feel fresh and different because she'll yeah. have fresh and different people to feud with. Yeah, it's it's really exciting stuff actually. Um, Becky and Charlotte are, will be missed, but this I think this was the best thing overall for the women's division to happen. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzlemania, brought to you by Parts Unknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Unknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Let's say thank you very much, cheap ops, to all our $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon before we get in with all your su- 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 super chats. Last call for su- 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 super chats, so get those in. Thank you, the man who wears the gold, the man recognized by SWAF Nation International as the 24 7 champion, our legend. Hey, lovely. Golden Nick Holden. Woo. My Immortal is my favorite song, Mashy. Yeah. It certainly is. The only French guy that watches wrestling, Kano Mac. We, we, we. The power couple, Stephen and Giovanna. Love Beautiful you couple Thank there you. as well. Dot, 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 dive, Dylan Cachetta. Great name. The notorious Aliata. Oh, notorious. Probocop coming out yeah. to say sting. In my veins, Viper Alistair. What does, what it, does mean? it mean? 
The Vision, Adonis. Nicely done. Gordon and Travis Webb. Yes. And lastly, nip it in the bud, Nipavico. Thank you very much, everybody. And uh, we have been recording. So you're going to get the Wrestle Talk Extra podcast very, very soon. It is WCPW Built to Destroy. It is from 2016. It is a show that features Adam Blompier in the main event. And he is on the podcast reviewing it. We've. <laughs> We've recorded we've recorded about two hours worth of stuff so far. Like we're not even at the main event yet. And he goes into he's got loads of stories about like how the shows were put together or the booking of, of each match going into it. His thoughts on WCPW. It's been really, really fun uh, talking about it. He even sent me a message being like, this was way more fun than I thought it would be. Uh, yeah, because he was he, dreading it. He was dreading it because he did not have fun watch rewatching this show. Um <laughs> But he has had fun talking about it, and I cannot wait to release it. It's been really, really cool to, uh, talking about it and reviewing it with him. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I'm genu- Because I'm usually on them. I'm genuinely looking forward to listening to this one. Uh, I think this is like the first one, apart from when I'm on holiday, that I haven't done with you. I uh, said to Adam on the show, it is the we've been doing WrestleTalk Extra now for three years. Whoa. And this is only one of two occasions where it's not been you and I doing the show. Because the only other time was when it was you and Pete doing ECW One Night Stand. You would have enjoyed it more. Pete was like, <laughs> oh, they're hitting each other with weapons. I'm a modern fan. I like safety. Come on, watch, Chopper. Watch. <laughs> So let's get into what you guys thought on the super chats of Raw before we get on with our full play-by-play. Azo Smith says, Unexpected fact I learned today, at 133 plus days, Street Profits have the longest Raw tag team title reign since New Day's 483 day record reign in 2016. Viking Raiders had the record at 98 days before this. Wow, crikey. Has it really been 133 plus days? Uh, it's actually more like four years, I think, <laughs> if you look at the last few months. But yeah, that's, uh, I, I, that's happened by accident, I think. It's not like they've been defending those titles again and again. Michael Dominguez, first Raw opening with fans. My money is on Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold or Baron Corbin. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of been saying pretty much since day one of this COVID thing that Vince McMahon will be like trying his darndest to make sure he is the first live event with fans. And yeah, you bet your bottom dollar when it does happen, he's going to be bringing out the big guns. You know, Randy Orton versus Big Show in an unsanctioned match for free on TV next week is not an accident. Uh, Here's my money. The Rock comes out. Rock the Dwayne Johnson to announce his presidency bid. No. It's a bit late in the day. It's like a <laughs> Hail Mary. <laughs> October, is that when that's happening? Uh, Josh Kirsch, Bobby Lashley is looking like a killer right now. Totally oh, yeah. agree. That's This is how he should have been booked from the start. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got our predictions video going up later on today for Extreme Rules, where we kind of talk about what's ne- what you could do next with Bob Lashley. Mm. But uh, spoilers for that video. I think that Apollo Crews is retaining this Sunday and then facing Bob Lashley at SummerSlam for the title, which Bobbles is going to win. 
Josh Kirsch also asks, where's Nia Jax? Now, that's an interesting one because, you know, we're she's my best friend forever. Uh, and I had actually forgotten about her name in the Raw Women's Division until you just asked it. <laughs> so I think that's quite telling that she probably doesn't fit in with this group of women that I'm really excited to see wrestle and take the, the, the division forward. That's not to say she won't be a part of it, but I think to put her as a centerpiece in it will be to miss what is connecting with fans. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we're, we're kind of missing the truth of all of this, which is that Charlotte Flair sold that attack so good, it kind of spilt onto Nia Jax. Now she's also outselling an injury. Yeah. Uh, Josh Cash again, finally for now. The women are carrying WWE during the COVID era. I can. Yeah, I can. I can kind of uh, agree with that because, you know, I, I think the Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley had the best match at WrestleMania. I think that Charlotte, I think the triple threat at uh, TakeOver in Your House was the best match on that card as well. Yeah, I think the women are having some of the, the better matches in WWE in this COVID era. I'm, I'm loving this Banks and Bailey tandem. Mm. I think it's, yeah, they're doing some really, really great stuff. And it's two weeks, maybe even three weeks on the trot that they've been main eventing Raw. I, I think they're doing phenomenal work at the moment. Yeah, they really, definitely the last month. I wouldn't have said that before because it was sort of that Charlotte, Becky, and a lot of the Charlotte matches where she just dominated Asuka, I didn't I didn't really enjoy that much. But the last couple of weeks, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think that might be, might be letting recency bias get the best of you <laughs> yeah. if you think it's the whole COVID era that they've been carrying. So uh, before we get on with the full play-by-play -play review, Oh boy, have we got a Quizzlemania for you tomorrow. Haven't we just? Take us through it, Ollie Davis. It's defending champion Luke Owen. Hello. Versus me, defending oh. loser. <laughs> and Mega Ran, the guy who did the halftime show essentially in the New Japan ROH Madison Square Garden show last year. And another rapper, Wale. Wale is going to be on Quizzle. Mega Ran is going to be on Quizzlemania. I still haven't quite wrapped my head around like a lot I of I don't this. think it's going to happen. No. I, I think I, I don't think Adam I, I don't think Adam's really got them. <laughs> <laughs> I think Louis and I think it's going to be us two versus Louis and Andy. <laughs> That's quite something. They're real celebrities. I know. Have you seen how many Twitter followers they've got? How many? It's well loads, mate. It's yeah. like, well, well, loads. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now how many it is. Wale topped the Billboard 200 album chart I read as a fan on his Wikipedia page. How many How many Twitter, Twitter followers? All right, let's, let's have a quick look first for, for Mega Ran. Mega Ran has got 78.7 thousand followers on Twitter. Wow. Do you want to know how many followers Wale has got? Hit me up. Six. 0.2 million. <laughs> wow. That's uh that's like a, a small European country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could he could overthrow us all. I mean well, you you'll have to see what happens. Tune in tomorrow, 9 p.m. BST, uh, 4 p.m. EST, so that's if, if you're in New York and stuff, and 1 p.m. PST for for all the fun, we're going to be live streaming Quizzlemania over on Parts Fun Known. Oh, yes. And I am 
very, very excited for tomorrow night's show. Defending my, or you know, as Adam Blompier put it, a, a reign of terror. Uh, <laughs> I don't quite know how this has happened, to be honest. People just turned, man. I they they just thought they wanted me. it. They thought they wanted it. And when it happened, they realized they didn't. Do you think this would have happened to Daniel Bryan? You know, like when we all wanted Daniel Bryan to be champion and unfortunately he had to relinquish the title due to concussions. Do you think fans would have turned on him as well? No, because he was naturally likeable, wasn't he? Oh, he right, really yeah, had yeah. that niceness about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's get in with our full play-by-play of this episode of Raw. It was the go-home show for Extreme Rules. You know, that's sort of me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> The horror show at Extreme Rules, please now. Sorry, the horror show at Extreme Rules. And you know that I that I enjoyed this episode. I, I thought it was a solid three hours of TV. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. solid episode. Uh, but it does come with those sort of go home shows, go home show expectations, which I I can't really tell you any angle on this show that made me excited for any match this Sunday. No, particularly like this opening segment with Drew and Dolph, because it essentially covered the exact same ground that we got last week. And last week's angle with Heath Slater was way, way better than this. Yeah. And which is kind of a shame, really, because it's MVP is hosting a, a VIP lounge and Dolph Ziggler comes down. MVP calls him the nicest guy he's ever known. And they talk about how um, Dolph is, you know, Drew's nothing without Dolph. And he's the one that called him up to Raw. And he, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, he was NXT champion as well. Like, mm. I wish that the commentary team had actually said, like, Dolph's talking out of his ass, by the way. And then Drew comes out and says, I'm going to beat you up on Sunday. And that was it. And then he sort of clocked, like, clocked him, knocked him on his butt and left. So we're going to find, we're still going to find out on Sunday what the stipulation for the match is. I'm putting my money down that it's a no Claymore match. Yeah, potentially. I, I There's the rumors going around that it's a TLC match, but that could be a fan mm. uh, doctored image. I wouldn't put too much faith in that. Uh, I, I, I say, I actually, I'll tease my predictions for later on because that that's going up at, at 7 p.m. today. So stick around for that, what I think it's going to be. But just overall, it's it's such a shame because Drew is fantastic. He came across as excellent here. Uh, you know, just sort of no nonsense. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to maim you was a terrific line. And he just clocked Ziggler. Mm. But even that didn't make me interested in this match. There's only so much you can do. This isn't Drew's fault. It's not. It's no one's fault in in the ring. They're all doing the best they can. It's just this shouldn't have been a match, really. Well, the only angle really on this show that felt like it was building to a match at the horror show at Extreme Rules is the stuff with the sexy men because they finally Mm. got onto the same page. But I don't think they're having a match at Extreme Rules because the Street Profits haven't been on TV for a while. So the only, the really, the biggest angle on this was building to next week's Raw Mm. and not the pay per view. I guess you could argue the main event built a few matches there. Um, But yeah, it wasn't a killer cliffhanger angle. So on that Gang of Sexy Men thing, we had Charlie Caruso interviewing Zelina Vega, Angel Garza and Andrade talking about all the issues they've had recently. Who cares? Zelina Vega says they're on the same page. Angel Garza's like, have sex with me, Charlie Caruso. Here's a rose. But the Viking Raiders turned up 
and said, no, no, Angel Garza. I'm going to take that rose from you, said Ivar, and gave it to Charlie. And Charlie was like, well, whoever has a rose. (gasps) Well, she was into she was into Hanson before he gave her the rose as well, Mm. because like Garza's there with his rose about to give it to him. And then, you know, they walk up and Charlie, apparently her gimmick now is she just gets easily distracted during interviews. She's she's just bad at her job when sexy men walk up. I've got a theory that the interviewers are actually question junkies. So there's a bit later on when there was this, that they went up to talk to MVP and Bobby Lashley. It was uh, not Renee Young. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she, she interviewed them. They walked off and it's like, she, she sees Drew McIntyre in the background. She cannot contain us. She just runs over and says, how do you feel about Dolph Ziggler this week? And you're like, Oh, what? (laughs) I thought this would have been a better question. If you were that excited about, about it. Um, but anyway, this this set up a match between the Viking Raiders and Andrade and Angel Garza. I it was a two out of three falls match. No, not <laughs> a two, sorry, it was an elimination match, which kind of caught me by surprise. Yeah, uh, I mean, it basically was a two out of three falls match for for the sake of it. But yeah, it was it was decent stuff. The, the key to it really is that Andrade was constantly saving Angel Garza. Andrade got eliminated from this match by protecting Angel Garza, pushing him out of the way. And then even after he'd been eliminated, Garza had the match lost and Andrade put his foot onto the rope so the referee didn't count the pin. And that led to uh, to Garza getting the sort of shock powerbomb to get the win. And then they gave a little fist bump on the outside. So they're back on the same page again. Let's see what happens next week. It was quite a tentative fist bump, though. Uh, I, d- I didn't get the set. <laughs> If it again plays, if their infighting plays into them losing again, it's, I, what what's the point of being invested in them? Um, after that, we got the Ruby Riot and Bianca Belair match against the Iconics. Then we got the Shayna Baszler return off the back of that as well. Uh, and then we got, I, I will say this for this episode of Raw. We criticized it beforehand about being a bit scattergun in the mm. way it was assembled and structured. But this actually did a really good job of going, here is this feud we're focusing on now and sort of devoting a good 30, 45 minutes to that, but also still making everything feel quite interconnected. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of said this previously before as well. I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier that it was a three-hour show, but this at times didn't feel like it was a three-hour show. It kind of did sort of go along at quite a nice little pace, and that is helped by the fact that the shows were sort of blocked off into this block here is dedicated to this feud. This block here is dedicated to, to this feud. And I thought that worked quite nicely, particularly when you had, you got Seth coming out for a promo to lead into a match that in itself led to another match, all of which was there to build up this Sunday's match. Again, like I don't think it was the most effective build for the match this Sunday. And like, I'm, I'm struggling to get invested in the Seth and Ray feud because of the stipulation Mm. like i think i would have been just way more into this if it was a straight match or an extreme rules match or something but the fact that they're really putting over that someone's eye is going to get gouged out because when i hear that and i think that and wwe i think the fake spider and i'm like wwe cannot do special effects particularly well and do i really need to see seth rollins getting an eye gouged out and then is he going to wrestle with an eye patch for the rest of his career? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because I think 
we've always we've always known there's there's a few things you can't bring into wrestling because wrestling walks that tightrope so finely about what is real and what isn't and it's like it's always in in danger of jumping the shark and going one step too far that's what happened to me as as a teenager when it just went one step too far and i was like this is rubbish why do i watch this this is a load of wank <laughs> but then like you you know slowly come back into it when it's in a in a better period now Guns and knives are typically the things you can't bring into a wrestling feud because where do you go from there? You can't stab someone in a wrestling ring. It just, it just doesn't work as as an idea. And I tell think, that tell that to Jesus. He stabbed John Cena in a nightclub. Yeah, that's a good point. And I know that there's the a couple of famous gun angles which actually worked incredibly well. But the that the idea of shooting someone, however, properly doesn't. I would argue. So when you get into this. I think WWE have got drunk off their own movie match success because they've, they've done a really good job of it. I enjoyed Money in the Bank, but it was over the top. And mm. if someone did fall off the building and then turned up the next night, which I know they did, but they kind of explained it. They fell off. They fell onto a smaller room. <clears throat> there was a smaller building just underneath the larger building. Don't worry. That would have been a jumping of the shark moment, I think. And it would be hard to invest. It, it undermines the entire product. And I, I, I feel this this literal eye extraction stipulation, which the commentators put over so hard that it'll, it'll literally be him ripping his eye out. My, like you, my mind just goes, "Well, that's not real. This yeah. is dumb." And it's such a shame because I think this has actually been a really good feud with really good characters. Yeah, and it's it kind of raises the question then, like. As you say, where do you go from there? Because when we come around to Hell in a Cell in October, you can't really push that as like the most demonic structure. No one goes out and say, like, I don't know, but a few months ago, this lad lost an eye. <laughs> like, surely that's now the most dangerous thing. Yeah. You can't tell me this one's dangerous because no, no, no one gets hurt there. No one loses an eye in Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that, I, I don't know. Maybe at the top, there's some exposed spires. Uh, but I just, it's just, like I said, it's a shame because a Everyone, there's a lot of people involved in this storyline. Umberto Carrillo, Alistair Black, Dominic, Buddy Murphy, Austin Theory, there's Kevin Owens. It's a lot of big, serious peripheral players to Mysterio versus Rollins. But you've got this stipulation that is just always going to stop you from putting on anything good ultimately. And then weirdly, the, they, they have a match between Murphy and Black uh, Black is wins by DQ because Seth gets involved. And then Seth and Kevin Owens have what I actually think is a really good match. They play mm -hmm. off so well against each other. And But you've got the baby faces surrounding the ring. So you're yeah. like, oh, this is the big revenge receipt match for the pay-per-view. That's what I thought, yeah. I felt like Seth is getting his comeuppance now. Like six days before the pay-per-view is on and like and seth then becomes like this valiant baby face that's fighting against the odds yeah it's so psychologically backwards but i'm like oh it's okay murphy comes back down theory makes his return they beat up the guys at ringside attack dominic seth wins that's how this goes but no kevin owens beats seth rollins so all of that heat that seth has built up that should be sort of released you know the pent-up urge to see seth finally get re revenge waged upon him 
that's kind of gone now. Yeah. Yeah, because they got the revenge. It's like what we were saying about the the Ruby Riot thing. It's like now the Riot's beaten the Iconics, so I don't need to care about a Liv Morgan return because Ruby won. She beat the baddies without her help. Mm. And now, like, Ray's effectively beaten Rollins, like, and all of them beat Rollins. They they got their revenge on him. Like, yeah. why didn't why do you now want to gouge an eye out? Literally gouge an eye out. Yeah. Literally extract an eye from someone's head. <laughs> uh, of course, watch our predictions video later on today for what we think is going to happen there. Now, the this was all good. It, it was all fine TV, though, by WWE Raw standards. But I loved the next half an hour. And it's no shocker that it's all Randy Orton yet again. Yeah, this was just... Just wonderful stuff. Really, really good. Randy is like we said it. Is it last year or the year before when he was having his feud with Jeff Hardy? We were like, "Oh, this is the Orton that we that we kind of wanted to see for a while—the real sick and sadistic Randy Orton—and he actually cares and he's invested in this feud. Really, like that Randy Orton pales in comparison to this one. Like this is a motivated Randy Orton doing these incredible like so rick flair has this promo section with big show when he like rick is saying to big show like you're the best giant i've ever been in the ring with and i've been in the ring with a lot of giants but you are the best but i really do and i, I say this completely out of love and respect i think you should retire and go home to la and go and do your netflix comedy cartoon shows that i've never seen <laughs> because i don't want to see you get hurt and Randy Orton is going to hurt you. And like Big Show was talking about how, you know, like how many friendships are you going to sacrifice for the sake of Randy Orton? It was really, really good stuff. And then we got this wicked promo package for Randy mm. Orton about his original legend killer gimmick, showing him beating up Hulk Hogan, beating up Sergeant Slaughter, beating up Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, beating up uh, Mick Foley, like all of these legends that he's laid to waste. Uh, and then... It sort of like jumps from that to this new iteration of the legend killer. And then Randy cuts this promo. This is three segments leading into a fourth segment, which is a match. And it's a wicked promo from Randy Orton. It was just superb stuff. So I really liked the Orton promo, but the, and this is the moment of the entire episode for me. I love this. He's going through this list of friends. And he said, my riding crew back in the day, which I, don't believe but whatever poetic license edge christian big show rick flair those are his guys he's been friends with throughout his career you can see what he's done to edge and christian just subscribe to the wwe network he's gonna have a match where he's in this feud with big show now and then he kind of he says rick flair's name he goes rick flair and he has this such a subtle moment where he just stops and thinks and then flair walks in it's like mm. hey buddy let's go down to the you know he's doing his rick flair stuff and saying orton's the best orton turns around to walk off and he just has this momentary gaze at rick like ah i must kill you yeah and i, I it blew my mind this is a level of sort of character complexity that is that is far beyond what WWE usually do. It's so, so great. And like you then tie that into the promo between Big Show and Ric Flair two segments earlier. Mm. And it all comes together like, I'm, I'm so into this feud. 
And if you'd have told me at the start of 2020, one of your most in like the feud you're most into in WWE is Randy Orton versus the big show with Ric Flair as I'd be like, <laughs> absolutely not, not interested, mate. It's been one of those years. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is Flair comes out first to sort of tell our truth in the ring that, hey, we, 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 we don't mind you, our truth. We're just going to RKO you. Randy isn't going to punt you like he has to other people, which has ridden them, ridden them out. We don't, we don't want to hurt you too much. So Randy comes out, RKO's Truth in a matter of seconds, really. Um, but Truth did have a nice flurry of offense. And then he, Randy starts setting up for the punt. And Ric Flair was like, no, 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 whoa, 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 wait, wait. And before that confrontation begins, that's when Big Show comes out and Orton and Big Show go back and forth. Orton challenges Big Show to an unsanctioned match next week and later on Big Show accepts. But what I'm most interested in here is that seed that was sown of Ric Flair stopping Randy from punting our truth Yeah. Based off the previous two segments and that those tiny little glimpses of Orton. I do. Randy's turning on Ric Flair. It's, yeah. it's w- w- within the month, I think. And it's going to be awesome when he does. Yeah, really, really into this. I mean, it might even be next week, mm. to be honest, because we've established this Ric Flair big show friendship. So what if Ric Flair's going to get into the, the ring next week to be like, I think you probably we, we've done enough now. You, you can you can stop Randy. I, I'm I'm really, really into it. I'm kind of disappointed it's not on the pay-per-view. I'm kind of disappointed it's on TV because it's going to have an ad break in there, which kind of sometimes breaks up the momentum of something. So, re- I mean, it's more likely going to be more angled than match, kind of like the Christian match was a few weeks back. But yeah, I kind of, I do wish this was on pay-per-view. It's a shame well, that they're, they're so desperate yeah. for ratings that they're, they're putting this on TV. Let's talk about that because I was surprised when I was like, oh, okay, well, here, here's the angle to set up the match for the, sh- the pay-per-view. So a, l- a lot of us said, well, this is going to be the main event. We want Banks versus Asuka. A, lo- a lot of us? Oh, the, I, I mean, I, I, I've, been saying it, I've been saying it as a joke. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if Orton's show main evented the horror show at Extreme Rules. So to hear it, for Monday, I was like, mm, no, they're going to get it moved forward. What? But then, yeah, it, it's definitely there. And that is quite transparently a ratings grab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Desperate for ratings. Ratings are in the yeah. toilet at the moment. Yeah. And they really are. You, you had, you didn't even get a three week push of the new uh, creative era as well. You just got, I think it was two. And then it went straight back down to Heyman levels. Uh, typically, you do see an upswing of ratings around SummerSlam time. So who knows? And there but... is a post pay per view bump as well. Like that is a real thing. So you'd expect next week's show to do well, regardless of having Randy Orton versus Big Show mm. on there. But having that on the show as well, I think that coupled with the post pay per view bump should really bump that up. Yeah. Uh, after that, we moved into the. The, the sort of MVP Bobby Lashley United States title picture storyline, uh, and which is super diverse, you know, <laughs> all, all the people involved in it. And MVP continued to sow these seeds of dissension between Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. And then Ricochet and Bobby Lashley had what I thought was a really, really fun two minutes. I thought, yeah. oh, I hope this goes quite long. And then Lashley caught a ricochet handspring or something into the into the master lock, which was cool. I, I, I like that as a finish. But, you know, I want Ricochet 
to wrestle more. I'm selfish like that. It, well, I, I and I I totally get it because the segment before that or like you know they had the interview segment then they had a trailer for the ricochet 365 documentary where they're like what an amazing year ricochet's had he's had matches with aj styles and brock lesnar like yeah which he lost both (laughs) (laughs) and then he goes there and loses in 90 seconds to bobby lashley i'm like it's not the not the best way to advertise this ricochet documentary about this amazing year the kids Mm. had um, but then Bobby beat up Alexander afterwards for good measure. I did. It seems like they're building to something here. I've got my theories that it's going to be a super heel tag team fat, like sort of faction with MVP as as the leader and the United States champion. But it could also go the other way. The hurt business. The hurt. The hurt business of like a, a few different baby faces against a larger Lashley MVP faction. Um, then Big Show accepted Randy's challenge to Charlie. And then we got the main event of Bailey and Banks defending their women's tag team titles against the Kabuki Warriors. Really good. Not as good as last week, I thought, but last week was excellent. The Bailey Asker match. Uh, really good stuff. Oh, I loved it. But it was really, really good. That dual monkey flip spot to Kyrie Sane on the outside into the plexiglass. Yeah. Was a big old whack on the glass. And it's really cool. It was ace. Uh, heels working over Sane to get the Asuka hot tag. Then working over Asuka to get that Kyrie Sane hot tag. Kyrie Sane like blind tags himself in. And that insane elbow was just amazing. It got so much air on it. Bailey makes the save for that. And then she tries to get that sliding elbow, but runs straight into a bank statement for mm. the, the heel retention. Really, really good main event. I just, I love Sasha Banks and Bailey. I've got my predictions for this Sunday, which, you know, we'll, you'll see in the video later on. I, I hope we're not splitting this act up. Like my, my heart, my heart wants Sasha Banks and Bailey mm. to stay together forever. But my head thinks we might be heading for trouble. I really want to know who is agenting these matches because that's two weeks in a row now where the the final sequence has been really edge of your seat stuff. Like here where it was the, you know, like you said, the insane elbow kick out, but not, sorry, not a kick out. Bailey breaks up the pin and then that's a great finish of the Kyrie sliding elbow and Sasha grabs it and talks it round into the bank statement, properly leant back on that mm. bank statement. Uh, doing that, the sort of cobra position that I cannot do in yoga. I think my head's touching my feet, but then I see photos of myself and they're, they couldn't be further apart. No, but I, I, I really, I really like the booking of the match. Um, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a good go home cliffhanger angle, it was just a good match. Yes, absolutely. Good, good match. Um, and you know, well, I'm, I'm, it's the matches I'm most looking forward to this Sunday is mm. Sasha and Sasha and Asuka in particular, which I really do think should be the main event. And Bailey, Nikki, uh, Bailey, Nikki Cross, I'm really into as well. Mm. Um, overall, I gave this an average. Mm. I just thought it was, it was a good show. Yeah, I, and I think you're totally right in that. I would say the same thing, average. Well, it's a good show. Let's get into your super chats. Bryant Hoyt. I kind of like Ruby and Bianca together as a team. Want to see more of them to, to be sure. It's an odd couple pairing, isn't it? Like, I wouldn't have put them together. Mm. I don't want to see them together. I think they can be very good singles stars separately. Uh, Dwayne the Gronk Johnson. 
fun fact. Bianca faced Riot on main event recently. But there you go. Con- con- continuity. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, Ejam King. Hey guys, love all your content. What move would you rather take? Montez Ford's frog splash or Kyrie Sane's insane elbow? Montez Ford's frog splash because he takes all of that on his forearms and on his knees. <laughs> that insane elbow is all elbow to gut. That's a good point. Yeah, Kyrie, lay- Kyrie Sane lands with her elbow on you, whereas Ford lands either side of you. I agree. Siddharth Online. WWE's biggest problem is they built one star at a time and they have no one to feud with, so they get boring over time. Seth, Kofi, even Charlotte. Well, I think certainly that's true for for poor old Drew, is that he has not had a main event level heel, really, since Seth, you know, coming out of WrestleMania. The, The feud with Bobby Lashley was really good, but it was sort of marred by all the Lana stuff which kind of made it feel very mid-card. And, and all respect to Dolph, like, you know, and the, the work that he's put in, he does not feel like a main eventer. And the same would have been said, like, the original plan was Jinder. The same would have been with Jinder as well. He would not have felt like a main event guy. Really, the only main event level heel they've got on Raw at the moment is Randy Orton. Yeah. And you'd expect that's the match they're building really uh bryant hoyt again i guess seth needs a good idea to stay ho- stay at home with becky losing an eye is a good one and next year he'll be back as eye patched pirate seth blackbeard pirates of caribbean intro music lol that should have been for this year's wrestlemania pirate I seth and like i know a lot of people are saying that seth's got beat but becky's she's all right like she's still quite early on in the pregnancy She's not like she's about ready to burst. My my friend has just uh, you know, found out that his partner's pregnant, Lahey, and he is super careful about coronavirus times. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that's more of the concern. Oh, okay, you don't, yeah. you don't want sense. to go to work and potentially get exposed to coronavirus, bring it back home where, you know, that would be bad anyway. I imagine it's a lot worse if you're pregnant. Well, they've actually, uh, there was a report that came out today that babies can be born with it. Yeah, I saw that. That's uh, that's like that's the dead level uh, yeah. horror. Paul Masson, Maslin, I have a dream. Imperium called up to Raw and they get one person into their already stacked stable. That's right. Cesaro. Ooh, the European theme and a wonderful use of a wonderful talent. We've already had Imperium debut on the main roster. Remember they oh. lost the death. <laughs> That's main event. It doesn't count. <laughs> That's a great shout, though. It is, yeah. Someone who would fit in with that that uh, ring camp ethos. Great idea, Paul. Uh, Azo Smith. WWE have yet to mention it, but Bobby is most likely going after Ricochet because he pinned Lashley in that three-way with Rollins to determine Lesnar's number one contender for Super Showdown, and Ricochet blew it. I think, Azo Smith, you've written that narrative as opposed to WWE have written that narrative. I would wait to the WWE don't remember that happened because I certainly didn't. Now you'll now you're mention it. Well done, Azo. You've got you've to find the continuity for yourself. Uh, wrestling related Peter Mullins says, in a wrestling group on WhatsApp, the strict no-spoiler etiquette for AEW, NXT, New Japan, and pay-per-views, no one counts Raw and SmackDown as spoilers. Damning indictments. Wow, yeah. I mean, if if a show, well, I you know, a lot of people who certainly my friends um, who keep up with AEW, they don't watch Raw and SmackDown. In fact, a lot of them don't even watch NXT now because it's kind of, you know, I, I hate to say it, it's got that sort of WWE feel about it, especially with 
everything being filmed in that same area. So they are all like, no, no, don't tell me anything about AEW. No, no, I don't want to hear anything about New Japan. But they all freely discuss st- stuff. They, they don't even watch Raw and SmackDown, but they like to talk about it. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I think it is time for us to call a day on the search for bad acting. Are we not going to talk about Cheryl from (laughs) Made in First Sight Australia? What about Debbie and John? I I mean, do you want to talk about those? Like, how are they getting on? Well, it's just, well, Debbie and John are not doing well. In fact, I'm focusing on the couples that are not doing well (laughs) because they are the most fun. No, I like like the ones that get along. It's the show's fault. It's the show. They make you want, they make you want to see people fail. It's so fabric. Anyway, yeah, we should probably talk about all this, the nice stuff that people have sent in instead. Well, we've had a lot of lovely emails in um, after sort of some of the negativity that we had uh, following a few of the episodes we did following uh, after speaking out, we had a quite, you know, some spring, so, you know, some feedback that some people were not particularly happy with. We had a lot of lovely feedback off the back of that. There were people who were very appreciative of this show, which we really like. Um, I w- I'm not going to read them all out, but I, w- I will read this one from Ben, uh, who says, $5 backer on Patreon and Podswafter Benjamin Sneeringer here, the one that sent a picture of the Scott Pilgrim tattoo and had the 2K20 video Luke retweeted on Twitter. I just ah. need to get this off my chest. Finish the podcast, your first <laughs> night of Fighter Fest, and the amount of people saying that you've grown old, uh, they've grown old of the channel, uh, makes me feel sad i truly feel the same way that ollie said he feels about us we're one great big group of mates that can talk about anything and everything listen to every single podcast that you guys put out including quizzle mania and no rolls barred and have been for three to four years now i think you guys are doing the absolute best that you are currently can and i personally still love every single second of every podcast no matter who is on you guys make me proud to be a wrestling fan in these dark times please don't forget there are tons of us out here that are nothing of supportive nothing but supportive for all of you sorry for the rambly and lengthy email i just had to say something since all of the negative emails you were getting i love each and every one of you even andy uh kidding of course stay strong and stay swift ben That's very kind of you to say, Ben. And I appreciate the dig and Andy in there too. (laughs) Support each other, you know, but also get 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 one little jab in either Andy or Louie. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay, so on to the subject of the bad acting. We it, it has been, you know, a week or so since we played. What goes on in this town is none of your business. As long as I'm living here, it is. Then maybe you shouldn't be living here! And the that right? didn't that didn't play. That, <gasps> I, I didn't get any of the audio for that. You didn't get any of the audio. Oh no, man! This might make this next segment really bad because you're not going to be able to hear. Uh, can you hear this? Awesome house. Can you hear that? I couldn't hear that. Oh. I'm worried everything is coming out of my new fancy earphones <laughs> that I decided not to wear today. I think they very much might be, but it's weird that you can hear me coming out it's, of it's actively troll me let me try this yeah i think i might have solved it you think you might have solved it do you want me to try yeah, and play try the tapping clip what goes on in this town is none of your business did you hear that one yeah i got it the business yeah, we... you know actually it might it cut off on the word business is that correct <laughs> the hurt business um yes <laughs> 
so we, we put out a call, you know, for people to send in their bad acting. And what we got were people sending in clips of themselves at wrestling shows. And mm. some one person just sent in um, Charlotte Flair being announced for the Mania Triple Threat. Not really sure a lot of people got what we were going for with this segment. Um, I think it's now time to retire this. Um, one person did send in that seven-minute video of all the best Nicolas Cage moments set to classical oh. music, which is a tremendous tremendous video it's so so great um but we did get this one that sent in that that did make me laugh it's quite a long clip so please do bear with it but it, it is it is worth it when you get to the end uh this was sent in by taro who said um i'm sure you've seen this already but it was what came to mind when i heard that taffin clip enjoy some great kiwi acting speaking kiwi of. acting well yeah well it's just across the the uh, the ocean there, mate. Oh, the little pond you got there. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's have a look at this clip. Awesome house. Where's your room? Uh, upstairs. Maybe this is a mistake. You said your dad's at golf. He's not at golf. Hey, Dad. This is Lily. Hi. Go home, please, Lily. What? Why? Where's Finn? Swimming. Goodbye, Lily. Bye. No. There's always tomorrow. Okay, that was rude. Rude? I'll show you rude. Your tablet is still synced to your phone. Please tell me that is not your penis. Oh, what a time to... Oh, if you're just... You're... You, of course you're only listening to the audio. Half of the fun of that is that it goes straight to the credits. That music at the end, and then it cuts straight to the credits. Oh, that was a good payoff. <laughs> uh, so I thought maybe we'll just cast the net. <laughs> really, really made me laugh. So I thought we would just cast cast the net out a little bit more, because I do think that there is something to be had within funny wrestling noises. Grunts, if you're a mm -hmm. fan of the Attitude Era podcast. This is a clip that we have played on this podcast before, but not when we've actually been able to get things plugged in. But it's one of my all-time favorites. However, Thursday night on SmackDown, we saw that smile out of Orton after he suffered the choke slam. Perhaps Orton believing he's getting into the head of the dead man. We're going to find out. Oh! Make sure they're knocked out again. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's like, he, he's a giant truck. And that is his warning signal. <laughs> that was The Undertaker, by the way. Yes, Just in case you didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so if you've got any clips like that, the short set, like 10 second clips, email them Luke at no, sorry, support mm. at wrestletalk.com. Send us an email. Um, yeah, uh, I was going to ask you about your weekend, but we're running a little bit out of time now. So short 30 seconds. How was your weekend? Uh, I went for a bike ride. I was told it was going to be a calm bike ride. We did an elevation of 1200 feet. And I had to get off three times and walk with my <laughs> bike. And I was hay fevery and a mess. I don't think, you know, maybe lockdown's good for me, especially yeah. in summer. How about yours? Uh, I saw some babies. I saw my friend's babies, babies socially distant. And it was very, very lovely. It was very, very nice. I also watched Frozen 2, which is a bit cack. However. <gasps> Into the I... unknown. So, it's not as good as Frozen. It's nowhere near as good as Tangled. But the soundtrack is better than both of those. Ooh, controversial. I do think the soundtrack, Into the Unknown, is a banging tune. Show yourself, banging tune. Uh, Lost in the Woods, 
banging tune. Oh, this will all so make good. sense when I'm older. Banging tune. Mm. It is just banger after banger after banger. But the movie itself is a bit cack. And I could, I, I mean, I've, I've seen it twice now. I can't remember a lot that happens. But it was better than I watched Road Trip over the weekend. You know, the, the 2000 like, teen comedy. I grew up with that movie. That, that has a great soundtrack. I had the OST. Yeah, it is. It does have a great soundtrack. I've actually got a lot of heat on Twitter because I gave it a one star review on Letterboxd. Maybe it didn't age well. I can totally <laughs> see that happening. I watched uh, Vacation. Oh, uh, the remake. Yeah, which oh, feels like Helms. it should have been made 18 years ago. <laughs> it's not good, is it? I can find Yeah, I nearly turned it off, but uh, I was too sleepy after the bike ride to even think about going to brush my teeth for bed. <laughs> it's awful. Well, that is all we've got time for on this edition of the Rest Talk podcast. Ollie and I will be back on Thursday with the AEW review. Laurie and Adam will be here with the NXT review. The magazine show on the Friday with a super duper special guest and all the good fun stuff. And it's Extreme Rules week this week, which means there'll be an Extreme Rules review next Monday. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.